Hello, welcome back to another episode of Seeking Scale. Andy, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, we had a baby shower slash housewarming over the weekend. Went very well, even though I got basically an hour of sleep trying to tend to this massive brisket. Oh, nice. Got a smoker a couple weeks ago, wanted to smoke a brisket. So I should probably do a test run first. So bought a brisket, smoked it, turned out pretty good. But I was like, some things I wanted to tweak. Got another one, completely messed it up. Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> Amazing. Right, I, I got I to gotta do another one. So it was like in a span of five days, I smoked three briskets. And these were smaller ones, just like what's called like the flat of the brisket. Felt like I got the process dialed down, but I had no idea of the timing. The, the third one turned out really good, but it finished at, I thought it'd be done at like 10 a.m. And it was done at like 4 p.m. <laughs> and so that just like, Gave me less confidence. I'm like, okay, like there's kind of a certain time this has to be ready. And the one I was yeah. doing on the for the for the shower was 14 pounds. So I was like, all right, I'm, this is going to be ready like really early. And it was. So I had to wake up at like 2 a.m. Take off the pork butts I had going on. Like I just, it was it was a mess. I was up like every hour just dealing with it. It all came together though. It was a big hit, and now I have a ton of leftovers. So that's great. And the big push. It's good practice for having a kid too. Up at 2 a.m. That's what everyone else was saying. They're like, yeah, like that's like yeah. get used to that. Like it might be worse yeah. than that. Yeah. I was like, okay. And now I can, we just had a bunch of house projects we were trying to get, get done before then. Those are out of the way. So I can sort of, I'm finally like catch my breath, able to focus on, on Saberson a bit more than I had. So all around, like fe- feeling pretty good. Nice. How are things on your end? Good, man. We had some family in town last week. That was like our first family to visit. That was cool. We have more, my sister and her husband coming in a couple of weeks. So that'll be fun. And then, yeah, just planning a bunch of stuff for the summer because like it's right around the corner with seven weeks of school left for the kids. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff. The house is much, much, much more tame than it was for a while. Like we were talking last, last episode about just the, the mountain of stuff we've had to do with our house and basically all the stuff that I physically am going to do is over. And now we just get to pay people to do it, which is much easier in some respects. Theoretically. I mean, you, you feel that way about like work too. Where it's like, okay, like I can just hire this out. And that led me down the multi-month rabbit hole of bookkeeping and everything else. And I don't yeah. know. It's, it's just like yeah. hard to find people in any situation. To It is. It's to really amazing. Them. Yeah. yeah. Coincidentally, update on on bookkeeping. We're leaving Bench and are going with Growth Lab Financial. So far, so good. Had our kind of onboarding call with them today. They're one of these kind of bookkeeping finance as a service shop, I guess, kind of like Pilot, where you can kind of like start with just bookkeeping and then like financial advice and CFO services and controller and all this kind of stuff. So they let you layer on different things and, and we can kind of grow as we need to with them. So yeah, pretty, pretty excited reasonable price for what we need. You know, right now it's just bookkeeping. It's like several hundred dollars a month, which for our size business, I think is pretty fair. So we'll update once I get more like experience with how, how it's actually going. But so far, so far so good. I mean, they are asking a lot more questions, which I need your reaction. I'm like, oh, I don't want to answer questions. You know, I just want it to be done. But then it does like, mean that like it's accurate this. and it's right. And the stuff that my accountant is reporting on and that like you know an investor or an acquirer will be asking us is is correct so i think it's like the good pain that we need to go through yeah i mean for me when bench didn't ask like hey we see that you're sending out payroll through gusset we 
if you don't have any banks that it's coming from, like, do you want to fix that? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like if someone asking questions, I would take as a very welcome sign given, given my experiences in the past. Yeah. So that's cool. And yeah, just kind of, kind of trucking along. We have a new developer starting on Monday. Very excited about that. He will be joining us in Chicago for a retreat, which is in about six weeks. Oh, nice. Okay. So that's cool. So I've been buying a lot of airplane tickets in the last in the last few weeks. It's like kind of painful, but not as bad as as I thought it would be. So the whole kind of like organizational part of that has been it's been like pretty reasonable. Like I booked a block of hotel rooms, I bought the tickets, I reserved a co-working space for one day and like a conference room for another. And then the only two things I have left are like dinner reservations, which will be easy. We're going to go to an escape room, probably break up into groups, do an escape room, and then go to a White Sox game. So I have to buy tickets for those things. But just now, just now getting like final headcount for folks who are coming because there were some question marks there. But yeah, it should be, does, should be pretty cool. About two thirds like? of the team able okay. to make it in person. How many, how many is two thirds? Eight. Okay. Eight, eight, nine, ten, maybe. Yeah. Maybe three quarters. Yeah. And this is the first retreat. This is the second. The first one was three, almost three years ago. Okay. Okay. And so it was only three of us. What do you, I know know you've sort of planned some events and stuff, but like, how are you thinking about the balance between team building culture, the more light stuff and just actual work. Is there, is are you leaning in one direction more than the other? Like what, what is the primary goal? Yeah. So I think the rough agenda will be arrive Wednesday. Everyone gets in between like midday and mid afternoon kind of thing in time for dinner is the goal. So kind of casual, whatever time we'll do dinner together on Wednesday, Thursday morning and Friday morning are work, you know, kind of like nine, nine to noon or nine to one escape room one day, baseball game the other day in the afternoon, and then back for for kind of like working team dinners each night, and then Saturday, go home. So, you know, kind of like 50% work, 50% fun, but some of the work time is unscheduled, like afternoons and evenings and dinners and stuff like that, where there'll just be a lot of like you know, whatever you, in the, in the conference world, we'd call it hallway track, but just kind of away from the computer work time. Will you be doing like a bigger group thing where you're just like, all right, like here's our vision for the company. Like here's what we're trying to do. Yep. Yeah. So the first day work session will be mostly that. And then the last part of it will be planning the second day, which is breakout session. So each group will kind of get together and kind of hackathon something. So developers and design product will actually hopefully build a thing. And, you know, marketing will launch a campaign and support will launch a updated, you know, knowledge base or, you know, customer call or something like that. So, you know, that's the idea is that the second day all morning we'll be working on a thing and we'll have a deliverable and those people will present their thing to the team as a whole afterwards. And we have, you know, not everybody's able to make it. So the folks who aren't able to make it will be zoomed in for both morning sessions. We're doing the sessions in the morning because almost none of our team in Europe are able to make it due nice. to that's mostly exciting. due to visas. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. I mean, I, I still remember 
that being like one of the the highlights for me at Groove was when we did it was the first retreat that Groove had done. I'm guessing they've done some since. Well, maybe not with with COVID, I guess. But it was cool just getting everyone together. And the structure was similar to what you're talking about, where it's like it was very helpful, I think, to me to have more of a here's where we're going, here's what the vision is, here's what we're trying to do, and then get a bunch of feedback from the team and, and make it sort of a discussion, but just get everything out on the table. Like, here's what we're actually trying to do here, because remotely it can just be hard to to do that. But then it's like you don't want to just get into the habits of working the same way you'd work at home. But so I think having like the the hackathon, like the define, like, all right, we're going to ship something at the end of this. Like, what do we want? Like, what is a project we've been, what is the thing that's annoyed us when we get a dozen emails a week about this thing on support? Like, what can we do to either like update the documentation or potentially like work with the developers to get something to to fix that or whatever yeah. else? Like, I feel like that's yeah. cool. It's the stuff that you wouldn't otherwise do and it's collaborative. And then just, yeah, I feel like when everyone gets home, it definitely brings a more, it's like you have smoother interactions with people once you've actually totally. met. Yeah. That is worth it in and of itself. Yeah. Even if nothing gets done is, you know, can we just be closer colleagues and and be able to work together better when, when we're home, which, which is 99% of the time. So yeah, it's good. I mean, I think so far at least no, no major hiccups. Well, this is really specific, but just for anyone else who's looking to do this, when we booked our block of rooms, we booked it for more people than are coming. And they give us the grace of like canceling 20% of the block. And I think we'll pretty much just hit it right on that basically 20% of who I thought would come can't. And the, the challenge there is like we have to book the room several months in advance. And just now some people are like, hey, you know, something came up. I can't come now. And I think like, that's nice. And, and like it's working out, but I think like it, it's a challenge is like, it's a challenge for us to say, hey, the, the retreat is going to be here in three months or six months or whatever. I need to know right now if you can come. Like, we hired someone in the meantime. <laughs> and like, fortunately, they can just come. But like, that's the challenge. And like, I don't know how event planners, you know, kind of deal with that. And I think they probably have some more buffer with finances. Did you look at what made you go with the hotels versus Airbnb? I really wanted everyone to have their own space. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just don't want to. I don't want to be in a house with a bunch of people I haven't met before, and I don't think they do either. I have met several of them, but like I don't, especially our first time, almost everyone being together. Like I've met Matt, and that's it from the team. Like one of our other developers, Danilo, isn't able to make it, and he's the only one I've only other one I've met. So like I just, I think it's too much real togetherness for the first time. I know it's a popular thing for some companies. Yeah, but it also does like limit it where a groove. We were in Oceanside, California. It's like a pretty cool, it's like a duplex vacation rental, but like we had both sides of it and everyone had their own bedroom in their like common areas. And, and like you could, it wasn't as though like the schedule was jam packed the entire day. It was like if you needed time to recharge, you could. But yeah, you're definitely sharing a house. So it was a bit different than having more space. And I feel like it all just depends on the team more. Cause when for us, We've never done a full retreat with the team. We've had sort of mini leadership retreats, more just by the the happenstance for like the world championship stuff. Most of the owners are 
already there. And if not, like we'll, we'll fly the others out. Matt hasn't been able to make the last couple just with, with uh, a newborn, but it really makes a big difference getting everyone together. So that's awesome. And hopefully that's something we'll be able to, to tackle in the, the not too distant future. Yeah. Honestly, on, on my end, it's been a lot of less like the, the team building stuff, although I need to get back into the routine of one-on-ones and, and, and checking in with everyone. But a lot of it has just been more focused on how the, the team is working in general and thinking about like, okay, we have these calls on our calendar. What's the actual purpose? Like, what are we trying to get out of each of these? Do we need them all? We had had a product call every other week with support team and Matt and I. And the goal was to really just start fleshing out new features. The problem is, is that as the group gets bigger, it just gets a lot harder to do that. And so what we've instead done is we've canceled that call and it was, it wasn't huge, but it was probably like five or six people. So it's like half the team almost. And Matt and I now will do the first pass on these new feet. We will have our support call once a week which is basically the same team. We'll get feedback from them on what's going on and we'll say, hey, here's what's coming up next. Any like input into this. It's not as, it's not an hour long discussion about it. It's more like, what are the things you think are most important for this? Like what should we be keeping in mind as we spec it out? But then Matt and I can go jam on it separately. And we've worked together for so long and and have a good relationship where like, we can really get it dialed in with their input. And then once we do that, we can bring it back next week and be like, all right, here's what we came up with, any feedback, and they, they can refine it. But it's like, I feel like the bigger the group, the more you have to like present them with something and then get feedback rather than be like, all right, let's come up with something from scratch right now. It's a lot of pressure. And so yeah, so that, that's been a big improvement. I also just realized like, I, we've also got Chris from our support team spending more time on QA because those were just sort of PRs are just kind of piling up because Matt was really the only one who's doing the QA and he has a lot of other things on his plate. And so pulling Chris in there has been a big help, but I realized that like, I can't, I get annoyed when like, I was like, Oh guys, like this is like a sloppy detail. Like, like we shouldn't have built it this way. Like, and it's not usually like big things, but there's usually a lot of them. And then I'm sure it's demoralizing for the developers when like they have this shipped and like a couple weeks later or a month later, like, oh, like, why'd we do this? And it's like, well, Andy, because like you didn't tell it, like you, you didn't give the feedback when we're actually working on it. And so for this most recent update that's been a long time coming, I was like a couple days late, but I went through all day yesterday. I was just going through and it's like document like final, like more UX and UI QA of just like, ah, like, does this really like is this laid out the way it should be? And it was only slightly disruptive to the development process, but it made me realize like, okay, when Chris is doing his QA of bugs and everything else, I should be going through and doing that final quality control check so that we can give everything to the developers then. And ideally, Matt and I put in more planning up front to just avoid these changes, but I would love to meet the product manager who can just perfectly plan things out up front. I, that's just not how my brain works. Like I need to see it much more than, and actually like use it. 
And so, sorry to our developers, but like, there's always going to be some change orders <laughs> coming down the pike. But I at least want to like make a deliberate effort to get those during your like when you're actually like working on this, rather than like having you drop what you're doing and a, a week later come back to this, and then it just it feels like it's never ending cycle. So, a lot of fun. Exciting process changes, but uh, really just things. Uh, I will, I will challenge you there that I think you need a product person or like a UX designer to work upstream on those things. And like we, we did, we did it wrong for so long. And it was exactly what you're talking about, which is, Hey, we're going to build this thing. Okay. They build this thing, come back and they're, it's ready to go. And sometimes it's like on staging, ready to go. And I'm like, ah, that button should be blue instead of green. Or why did you put this there? And this should be a modal and all this kind of stuff. Whereas now, like I work with our designer, he's our our head of product, but he does all of our design. And like, he mocks it up in Figma and we have a call to like walk through it. We do it with like on Loom a lot. He just says, Hey, take a look at this. And I Loom him back and all this kind of stuff. We should probably use that message for it. But like, it's just so much more productive doing it then than when the developers have implemented it and they have to go back and write more code because you can i feel like you can shape more of what's being built at that point than you're looking at this and i think like subconscious this is what i've realized like after the fact it's like subconsciously you only feel like you can ask so much even if you're being kind of a, a jerk and like this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong you don't want to say everything is wrong but in the design phase you can say this is not right let's just do all of this differently. And it's like, I think so much more accepted and and it's just like clicking and dragging and like coloring something different in Figma as opposed to like changing code. Like, ah, I wonder, like, I think it's worth an experiment for you to like find a designer and like have them work with you to create like a, a small feature. And then they hand that design off to the development team and the development team implements it front end, back end, whatever. Like, I'd love to see how that product experience is for you because it like, totally changed how we do things. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm open to it. A lot of the stuff we're working on now is not an entirely new thing. Like this big update is really just reworking existing functionality and making it more usable. Okay, that's different. Yeah. But I think when we work with when we build something entirely having a designer up front helps because like I still need to visualize it. But I almost I, I take the blame for this more. Like I just can't wrap my head fully around things unless I'm actually using it. And this is definitely gonna be me going to like the inner attentive like OCD level with it. But like the things I could build look fine. That to me is just like not the standard of quality I want when it's like all right. And before we were like really bad at this, whereas like Matt and I would have a half an hour call at most and just talk about like what we wanted this thing to do and not really how and not get into the details or anything else. And now we go to much more exhaustive detail, like, oh, but like if this happens, then what? Like it's annoying to do, but like we're doing way more of the planning up front, which helps. But it's just like, even then, it's until we're actually like building lineups ourselves and getting in there, like, oh, like, this just seems weird. Like it might look fine, but like this just feels weird to do it in this order or like this, like that. It's just mm, like, I see. I, see. I think, yeah. so it's like, I think the way our process works right now with Matt and I were able to get something that's like passable. And I think most people would say this is fine. 
I feel like it is an edge for us to go further than that. And with the knowledge that it's going to be annoying to the developers. And I think it's just, unfortunately, until we're actually using it, it's going to be really hard to give like that final polish. And sometimes that polish is like, polish is like, I was way off on this. We do need to make some big changes. And like, it's not a refactor, but it's like, yeah, we're changing this pretty significantly. And that sucks, but like, I will be the dick. And it's like, no, like, we're not releasing this with this. And I, I think before I wouldn't have pushed for that level of quality. But now I think it's like, okay, what we're working on here is like a feature that saves people a ton of time. No one else really has, but very fewer customers use because it's not intuitive at all. And so if we're going to be changing the layout on all this, if we're going to be changing the workflow, everything else, we should do it right. Because I don't want to like have two weeks of feedback from people like, oh, this is confusing, this and that. And then like we go and change it again. It's like, no, like it's not to say there won't be any tweaks, but like we want to get it as close to right as we can out of the box. And I think we've done that. But yeah, it's definitely been a tedious process. And so more what I think for our approach, it's saying, I'm going to do this earlier in the process so that it's less disruptive and probably work with the developers on just like getting something semi-functional up for me to use earlier in the process. Again, like rather than like building out the full functionality and then I go in and test. Like I think there's work to do there, but we are really trying to double down on making it the best product experience. And it already is, but I I just want it not to be even close because it's just like, our competitors do a horrible job of this. They put no thought into, and I'm saying this like bluntly because it's just very true. And if you've used their other tools, like it's obvious, like some of them have packed a ton of functionality in. there's a lot of features there, this and that, but like they have put zero thought into usability and being slightly better than them is not that hard. And I think our first iteration achieved that. But I think it's like, if we can just really make this a point of pride, it's just going to be way more obvious. Like when, when you come and you save a sim, and compare that to Fantasy Crunch or anyone else, it's just gonna be like, no, like this is the experience is not even close. And and that's kind of wow factor is what I'm going for. But I'm just trying to find find a way of doing it that doesn't create that annoyance factor <laughs> within the team and still work in progress. Yeah. So and let you move faster, right? Because because yeah. it's no, for totally sure. inefficient for your developers to exactly. refactor stuff they've already done. Yeah, I think I mean I think you're you're on the right path. Like and, and I think we're largely saying the same thing as you getting involved in providing that input as early as possible if you can do it in design i think it's it's best but if you're not building big new features there's not a lot of ui then like that that's not so important i think if and when you have like big new features like working with a designer could be really interesting but if it's kind of refactoring this thing or whatever then providing feedback on what you already have makes a lot of sense yeah and i don't want to don't want to to belabor the point too much but but before you wrap up it's like i think the idea of having a product manager on the team would be great. It would take a lot of the work off my plate and Matt's plate too. The hard part is that I think when you try to find someone in that role and you view it as more of a hybrid role where it's like developer slash product manager, designer slash this, it's like they're not going to be as good at any of those things. And 
also just like with our revenue, we're doing well, but that's not, we don't have the, the budget to just like hire someone that that's all they're doing, especially when I don't think they're going to do as well as Matt and I together will on it. And that's sort of the, always the catch 22 of just figuring out like, okay, like you can't only delegate things that you do poorly. Like there's some things that you feel like you do well that you have to let go. But at the same time, like you've got to have the money. Like if you're doing these things well, and it's not that big of a pain point and you do think it gives you like an actual edge, probably yeah. hold on to that for a bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a smart move. Yeah. Interesting. A bit of a, another kind of rambly episode, but we touch on a lot of things. I think that you and I are just navigating with the teams, with how we're working, there's more tactical stuff that we can get into. But honestly, right now, I'm not dealing with a lot of the tactical stuff. I need to get back to that as we make some of these hires. But it's really just nice. building out the the team in the process for now for me. Yeah, yeah. It's funny we we had kind of two topics that we didn't talk about at all. So we have we have some stuff stored up for next time. So exactly. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, as always, if you have any kind of questions, feedback, suggestions for Andy and I. Send, send us a message, podcast at seekingscale.com. Thanks for listening. See you, everybody.